Hi. <laughs> I'm back. Um, hi, Tia. Tia just sent me a Snapchat. Um, for those of you who don't know, I don't know why I'm saying for those of you, there's like one person listening and that's me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I was at college and I was sat with like a bunch of my friends I say a bunch, but there's, like, five of us. Yeah. And they convinced me to start this again. So, hi. Um, I'm going to name drop because there's, like, two people listening. Um, I'm going to dedicate this episode to them. <laughs> so, hi, Tia, Tom, Joe, Camilla... Um, I'm currently waiting for my COVID test to show the results, which should be in a couple of minutes. Oh, this I'm not even joking. I've had the most inconvenient last couple of hours. I lost my bank card. It's fine because I like, I cancelled it. And then if you can hear licking in the background, it's my cat. She's having a shower. Um, so I lost my bank card. That's fun. Um, and then... What else? What else happened? Oh, and then I spilled water on the table. And I got my textbook for law wet. As well as my mum's, like, paper. And almost her laptop. I would have been so bad because she was doing work. Oh, she would have been so mad. Oh, and then, and then I tried to take a COVID test, but I didn't squeeze enough of the like solution thing onto the test kit, so it came back invalid. <laughs> so I had to do it again, and it's so uncomfortable. But at least, like, I didn't have a random person like staring at me, you know. Oh, okay, wait, it's time to check the results. And I'm negative. Woo! <laughs> I should do this, like, every three or four days. Um, I'm going to do it every Monday and Friday. Um, just so that I know at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week I haven't gotten anything from school or anything like that um i'm gonna go upstairs now yeah i'm just gonna grab some water because we've got to stay hydrated it's been three minutes i don't know how i talked for an hour and a half last time <laughs> my cat millie is just biting her nails that's <laughs> so funny I've never seen a cat bite their own nails before. Oh my gosh. What are you doing? Oh, I would like to apologise if I start to um, slip into any accents because, okay, so I used to regularly slip into an American accent. It was like, second nature and I could like go into it like 
mid-sentence or like even just emphasis and em wow even just put emphasis on like a couple of words when it would sound American and I used to do that like all the time and then I don't know with like I binge watched this Australian show and now I've started doing an Australian accent, but it's not very good. But it's so catchy to do. And I don't know, I really like, I really like the way that I do it. But I know that's not, this isn't how Australians sound. Like, I have two Australian friends. One called Maddie and one called... Chitwan. Um, and I don't think they sound like this. I haven't, like, sent them videos where they, like, reply back with videos in a while. I might do that tonight, actually. Um, this is a really long introduction. Actually, no. I feel like a long introduction would be, like, um, like a ten minute one. Which I'm gonna try and make this. Um, I came back and I found out that like there was 48 plays on that one episode. <laughs> How? Who? Who is listening to this? Um, I told like two people to listen to it. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna. I don't know. I ha I bought chocolate today. It's like the good kind. I really like Milka. ASMR, classic ASMR. Um, yeah, so I'm just gonna be doing this. This is genuinely just me going back to the sole purpose of why I created this, which is help me focus on my homework. It's not really homework. I just have to do this by the end of the week. And I don't know if my mom's listening to me. <laughs> um, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. Because I'm behind, like, a couple of chapters in the law workbook that I have to do. But that's fine. It's okay. We move. Um, and then tomorrow I'm going to be doing sociology. No psychology because I have to do it for Wednesday's lesson I don't even know what I'm doing I really don't know what I'm doing does anyone anyways <laughs> so yeah I'm just gonna finish my law workbook I guess not finish it but finish the chapters I've missed and then I'm going to read over my brother's essay because he wants me to check it for grammatical errors he's in university by the way and he's like well you have a better um you have better spag oh my gosh i remember doing spag sats and it was like the most stressful thing I don't know if it's just me, but I got really 
really nervous for SATs. Like, I was really stressed about taking SATs for some reason. And looking back, I'm like, why was I so stressed? It was, like, in year six. I was 11 years old. I did not need exam stress. And I feel like that's just set me up. (laughs) Because now I'm so stressed for even, like, the smallest tests. (laughs) It's so bad. Um... What was I going to say? I need to write down my result. So, we we got given these at-home tests for COVID just to keep everyone safe. You know, it's great. Um, But... I have to get another pack tomorrow because they're giving everyone two kits. Oh my gosh, I actually have to check with the people that I just name dropped if they would be okay with me mentioning them in this podcast. This is 10 minutes after I said anything about them, so I'm sorry. I will be asking, and I don't think I said their last names. No, I didn't. You know, because GDPR. <laughs> um, but I gotta ask permission. It's it's not like a long thing. I'm not like exposing them or anything. But I just wanna ask, just in case they don't wanna be name dropped. You know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna stop this when it hits ten minutes. And then I'm going to go upstairs and get ready to study. (laughs) That's fun. Okay, I was looking through the, um, the, like, options that you can do on here, which is kind of cool. Um, and it says I can invite my friends to join. That's going to be so much fun. Just me on a podcast with my friends. Absolute chaos would ensue. That's fine. I'm contemplating about whether or not to bring in my canned water tomorrow. (laughs) Me and my friend Cam went to Waitrose and we found canned water. (laughs) Like, we just have to buy it. It's so unnecessary, but we were like, you know, let's do it anyways. So, at the moment, where is my book? At the moment, I am doing Breach of Duty, which is great. I love this. I mean, okay, so (laughs) I've been dead set on becoming a lawyer since I can remember. Oh my gosh. I'm confused. I'm trying to find where I've wrote this lesson down um here it is okay so i like i said have been thinking about doing law since literally forever we did this one day in primary school where we went to the university and we got to choose someone just started following me um we got to choose like 
the major that we would graduate in, like the degree that we would get. And I don't remember what everyone else's was, but I put down something along the lines of law or forensic science. So, that was literally in year six, though. I'm not even joking. This is going to sound really bad, but I'm pretty sure the reason why I wanted to become a lawyer was to sue my dad. Like, I'm that petty. (laughs) That sounds so bad. But, like, I don't even know if I want to do law anymore. Like, as a career. But I don't know what I'd do instead. It's just a existential crisis it's not even a midlife crisis I'm barely a quarter of the way through my life and I'm having a crisis um someone sent me something oh okay that's cool so like I said I'm doing who is this I don't know who this is, but my friends in the Philippines follow her, so I'm assuming I would know her too, (laughs) question mark. Um, Anyways, Breach of Duty. So, I don't know how many chapters is in this workbook, but there are 24 pages. I'm just going to check to see if he wanted... He being my law teacher. If he wanted us to do anything before this lesson. Because I remember last week. He said that we didn't need to do anything. For the lesson on Tuesday. But I get into the lesson. After my COVID test. And... He's like, okay, so from your research on these cases of independent study, can anyone tell me what these cases are about? And I was like, you did not tell me we had work to do. This is a violation. And I almost, like, I was so nervous. Because I was like, what if he's just going to start picking people? Like, I'm not ready for that. (gasps) Okay, so... I found this small business and I, I'm so mad because I can't like buy anything online until whenever Lent is over. I should probably know this. Is it the 1st of April? I think it's the 1st of April. Shall I check? But I found this business and it's really cute and they sell this ring that has like a really cute constellation on it. And it's like your star sign constellation. I'm a Virgo. We love. Um, Virgo energy. <laughs> One with nature. Flower children. <laughs> um, but yeah. And it looks so cute. I really want it. But I can't get it. And it's adjustable as well. So I don't have to worry about sizing or anything. What was I doing? Oh, right. I was looking up when Lent is. Or when Lent ends this year. Okay. So, if I don't have 
any independent study for this week that's due tomorrow then I'll probably just read my brother's oh no I don't think this was in the this was not in the agreement are you mad Are you insane? I don't personally think this is fair. I have to make notes on this. Ugh. I have to do that now? Fine. I guess I don't... I'm not going to sleep then. Oh, okay. It's not the 1st of April. It's the 3rd of April. I'm trying to think of if I'm doing anything that day. But I probably wouldn't be, because it's a Saturday. Um, how many slides do I have to make notes on? Um, okay, I'm going to do the flipped learning, as well as making notes today. I'm just taking off my jumper because it's really hot. I don't know why I decide to wear a hoodie. Like, my room's cold, but then at the same time it's not, so I don't really know what's happening. Um, I'm just going to start making notes. Oh, I have to get my sketchbook because that's what I lean on. Hopefully this doesn't take that long. We're doing Occupy's liability, I'm assuming. Um, tomorrow's lesson. I've got chocolate right me, right me, right now. Mm-hmm. It's Milka. I feel like Milka's my favourite, like, cheap chocolate. (laughs) I say cheap as in, um, one pound. Which is quite good. I was in an absolute outrage earlier. I was in Wilkinson's and then we went to Tesco's and in both of those stores, Alfredo, which originally was worth like, what, 5p at the local one stop, is now like 50p. And I'm like, hello? And I saw a pack of four or five for a pound and I was like "Mm mm-mm that is a rip-off that is a scam like why do they increase the price because I don't think it's inflation (laughs) um 
But yeah, little rant on Freddo's. Well, I really don't get it. It's really, like, annoying. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I love Freddo's. Okay. So, I think I'm going to do the... Wow. I don't think that came out properly. I'm going to do the flipped learning first, and then carry on with the concepts. Should I do the concepts first, and then the flipped? No, yeah, okay, I guess I'm going to do the the carrying on with the concepts. I'm just quickly going to count how many I have to do. One, two, I have to do ten. I have to do ten slides. I don't know why I started counting. I could, I, I really could have just done maths. <laughs> but I mean, it's a bit too late for that. I say it's too late. It's not even 11 yet. It's, <laughs> I'm so tired. Like, I'm probably... I don't know where I was going with that sentence. I'm someone who has one of the worst sleep schedules. <laughs> because it's so inconsistent and then when I do sleep it's either I oversleep or I keep waking up or I just don't sleep ugh it's tiring um okay so we're gonna do defences and res ipsa loquita there's a lot of latin in law who knew (laughs) Um, I used to take Latin, not, like, seriously, like, it was in a GCSE. I low-key wish it was a GCSE, though, because then I wouldn't have had to do a speaking exam. I hated the speaking exams. Fun fact, um, when it was time to do our December mocks, um, in year 11... The night before, me and three other people from my Spanish class, because I took Spanish as a GCSE, me and three other people, instead of revising for it, we went to a Melanie Martinez concert. (laughs) It was great. I literally do not regret that at all. I have been wanting to see Melanie Martinez in concert since I found her, which was like 2014, 2015, like musically days. And then she released K12 and I was like, I really want to see her now. And then she like played in my town, which is crazy because no one comes here. Um, It was great though. And then I got home at... 12 fell asleep at half one had to get up at half six which isn't too bad considering my sleep schedule is a lot worse now um and then i had to do a listening exam and reading and i think we did writing too i don't remember but it was one of them it was one of the tests And I just remember going in so tired with no revision. I didn't revise for any of my marks just because I thought I had the Easter marks, like the spring marks to make up for it. Because my ideology was 
oh, okay, I'm just not going to revise, go in with what I know, and then whatever I don't do too well in, I'm going to focus on revising first. Did that happen? No, because we left in March. (laughs) Um, But anyways... um, yeah, so you should probably revise for mocks. Anyways, just like, just don't do what I did. <laughs> I feel like I've spelled defense wrong. But it's not spelled wrong. The other day, I was trying to change my. What's it called? My iOS 14, like, lock screen. And I was just typing up music. Um, to be one of the headings, or the names of the shortcuts. But for some reason, music just doesn't look like a real word to me. (laughs) I don't know why, it just doesn't look valid. (laughs) It was crazy, I was trying to figure out if I'd spelled it wrong. No, correction, I was trying to figure out where... I spelled it wrong because I had a gut feeling that it was spelled wrong and it wasn't M-U-S-I-C but it just didn't look correct like it was it was a hard time (laughs) I was like really struggling as well I was like why does this not look correct and I I was trying to figure out if it was spelled incorrectly by, like, typing it in my notes to see if there would be, like, a red squiggly line underneath. There wasn't, so I was like, okay, maybe I spelled it right. But I kept, like, doubting myself, so eventually I googled it, and it was like, yeah, it's spelled correctly. (laughs) I almost cried. I was like, this makes no sense. There's no way. Who gave anyone the right to spell music that way I know it's spelled how it sounds but it just doesn't look like a real word it really doesn't and I feel like I'm the only person that thinks that way speaking of music I feel like I've said this before I'm having an episode of Deja Vu I was having a conversation about Deja Vu earlier today. It was very interesting. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to write this title. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I found out that it wasn't just me. Um, But I get these things, and I don't know if they're like... I don't know if they're like premonitions or anything. But, like, I'll dream about something, but I won't necessarily remember it. Like, I'll remember, like, little snippets of it, I guess. But I won't remember, like, the whole thing. And then I'll forget about it. And then, like, two or three days later, or even, like, a couple of months down the line, it will happen. 
And I'll be like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I've dreamt about this. Like, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But I'm telling you, it's correct. It's like, this is 100% true. (laughs) Like, I was in science. I was sat next to my friend. And we started having a conversation about, like, licking batteries and putting our fingers in, like, the socket holes. And he started saying something. And I was like, wait, this is really familiar. And I just started saying the words, like, out loud as he was saying them. And he was like, how did you know that I was going to say that? And I said, this is going to sound weird. So I just explained it to him. And he's like, no, that's that's crazy. Like, I get that too. Anyways, so I found out that I wasn't crazy and I wasn't the only one experiencing it. So that made me feel a lot better. Um, yeah. So that's that. I know. Fun. Very fun. Now I actually need to do something. Res ipsa. I feel this is really bad pronunciation. Um, Loquita. I'm pretty sure that's not how it's pronounced. Like, okay, so like I said, um, I wouldn't have had to take speaking exams if I took Latin because it's a dead language and no one speaks anymore. Um, but on Duolingo, which is where I've continued to learn it, um, they, they like pronounce it and I don't know if that's how it was actually pronounced. I mean, like, no one knows because it's an actual dead language. I don't think I've met anyone that speaks Latin fluently because they learned it, like, from their parents or something. Um, You know? I don't think I've met anyone whose first language is Latin. But, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. I honestly miss studying it. Um, in the common law of torts, res ipsa loquita is Latin for let the thing speak for itself. Or the thing speaks for itself. Um, I remember in Latin with my teacher, um, she was like, it's a lot easier to determine words from Latin to English. Like, if you, if you're reading a sentence in Latin, it's very helpful that English is a Latin-derived language because there's a lot of cognates and so you can kind of guess. I mean, I couldn't guess what res ipsa loquita means because I took Latin for, like, what, two, three months? (laughs) And then I moved schools. Um, 
but I did know it was something about speaking or talking because Loquitur, it's spelled L-O-Q-U-I-T-U-R, which really reminds me of the word loquacious and the only reason why I know what that word means is because I'm pretty sure Hermione says it in Harry Potter when she's talking to Harry about Victor and she goes he isn't exactly very loquacious or something like that I want to find that exact quote (laughs) um I don't even know if this was like a fever dream, like if I dreamt her saying that, or if she actually said it. I also don't know how to spell that word. Is it that? Okay, it's this. Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't know, here it is. Um, here it is. She says, I just mean, he's not particularly loquacious. And I don't know why, but that stuck with me. This was in the fourth Harry Potter, which is, like, my favourite out of all of them. It's the Goblet of Fire, and it's, like, really interesting. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, so that's fun. It was just a cognate, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so it is a doctrine that infers negligence from the very nature of an accidental injury in the absence of direct evidence on how any defendant behaved. What? is a doctrine that infers negligence okay I don't think you'd be able to get ASMR from this <laughs> um infers negligence from the nature of an accidental injury I don't know if the word very was necessary, but I'm cutting it out anyways. (laughs) Oopsies. With an accident or injury. I have really bad migraines. This hurts. (laughs) I have like a really bad headache right now. Um or injury, in the absence of direct evidence. Unknowingly, I have just used two pens. (laughs) I started writing with one, and then put it down for some reason 
and then picked up the other one and just started writing with it. I just kept going with it. Um, of direct evidence on how any defendant behaved. Okay. Um, it that makes sense to me, kind of, now. So, it's basically saying that it's the principle wherein, um, the court can say that the defendant has been negligent. Even without direct evidence of how the defendant behaved, just by looking at the nature of the accident or injury. Okay, that makes sense. This is hard. Being a law student is hard. This isn't fun. Okay. I really hope I get my FPP back tomorrow so that I don't have to do anything. Because when we get FPPs back, it usually takes up, for some reason, the whole two hours. And... Everyone's kind of just, like, talking about it. Like, I don't usually like talking about it, but if it means that I don't have to think too much. This sounds really bad, but I'm just... It's because I'm tired, man. And I still have to go over my brother's essay today because I said I was going to get it back to him by 9pm tomorrow. Like, I gave him a time. And I probably will. I just don't know how that's possible (laughs) um okay so more bullet points we love okay so the injury is of the kind that does not ordinarily occur without negligence or is uncommon uncommon in the course and nature of said act okay so it's An injury that wasn't... That's not, like, reasonably foreseeable. No, because then it wouldn't be... Then it wouldn't be negligence if it wasn't reasonably foreseeable. Because when determining negligence, you have to check to see if the injury or loss was caused reasonably and foreseeably so if the event that occurred could have been foreseen in a reasonable circumstance then it's not negligence (laughs) right no it is negligence yes because i'm talking about the duty of care someone owes The defendant would owe the claimant a duty of care if the action that they have done would reasonably and foreseeably cause harm to the claimant. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to be a a pair. Nice. I can't even speak English. Um... I don't know how I'm going to be a peer mentor next year. 
if I can't even make sense of it. Maybe it's because I'm tired, I don't know. Um, and then the next thing, the next requirement is, I'm pretty sure this is the Caparo test, to test to see if, um, a duty of care is owed by the defendant. And this is only used after the Robinson principle is used. And the Robinson principle is basically just looking at past cases to see if the case that has been brought to the court matches any of them. And in this process, they would use differentiation. Sorry, they would distinguish case facts um, to see any differences. And if it's too different, then they move on to the Caparo test where they test reasonable, reasonably foreseeable proximity and fair, just, and reasonable to blame the defendant. Um, the Caparo test was established in the case of Caparo v. Dickman, and I believe the case date was 1990 can I check I'm saying 1990 and the answer is oh it's not on that page yeah it's 1990 okay um so that's what I'm doing at the moment. We're doing negligence and tort law. What was I even writing down? The no- the injury is of the kind that does not ordinarily occur. I kind of want to put, like, elevator music in the background of this. <laughs> I just feel like it'd be very funny. Um, I don't know what that, what that sound was. <laughs> I scratched my nose, and then I tried to laugh, and it just came out like that. It came out stifled. Not a fun time. Um, would not occur... Would not ordinarily occur without negligence... Or is uncommon. Oh, nice. In the course and nature of said act. I don't really know why I thought doing a podcast would make more sense and make me more focused. But I mean, I guess it's keeping me from using my phone. I don't know. Wait, why do I have 10 messages? Why do I have 10 texts? I suck at replying and genuinely...
I'm very sorry. Like, because it's really bad. And I feel very bad for doing it. But I don't mean to. Like, for, for most of my social medias, my notifications are turned off. Um, and I'll turn them on occasionally, but most of the time I'll just leave them off. Um, and I do that with pretty much every app except for my messages, because, oh, and Teams, because I need that for school. Oh, duh. I was like, <laughs> I was talking to my brother about how I have to do a COVID test, and he was like, haha. I was gonna send him a video of me doing one, but I don't have enough storage. That's a pet peeve of mine. Like, when I don't have storage, and I know that's my fault, but we don't talk about that. Um, the injuries caused by an. Is this defenses? Are these the defenses? Right? No? The injury is caused by an agency or instrumentality within the exclusive control of the defendant. Okay? There's just going to be, like, awkward silences. I almost said sciences. (laughs) Awkward sciences. Great. I really wish I could, like, pause... And then continue. I might just do that because I don't want to have, like, really awkward silences. You know? Because nobody likes that. Um, I'm just going to let this get to 26. I've kind of figured out what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm just going to read, like, the whole slide and then write it down. But I'll write it down after I end the section. Because then I don't have, like, awkward silences in between. I probably should have thought that before, but... Give it a rest. I'm very sleep-deprived. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, the entire weekend, I just slept. I did absolutely no homework. I literally just slept. Oh, well... <laughs> Ugh, productivity is just not my thing. Oh well. We move, I guess. Um, okay. Um, the injury causing accident is not by any voluntary action or contribution on the part of the plaintiff. So the accident wasn't caused by the claimant Engaging in voluntary actions and therefore did not contribute to um, their injury. So, in the case... Oh, we did a case about this. It was about two girls, two 15-year-old girls, I think. Um, but they were having, like, a ruler fight. I'm trying to figure out what it was called I'll explain it fast I guess so they were having a ruler fight 
um, in a classroom. And... Is it this one? No. And one of the rulers, like, snapped. And a piece of plastic went into the other girl's eye. And so she tried to sue the other girl. I think she got... Yeah. I think she managed to sue the other girl that she was fighting with. But she was only allowed to sue her for half of what it would have actually been. Here it is. Um, Mullen v. Richards, 1998. Um, two girls, two 15-year-old girls, had a sword fight with plastic rulers in the classroom. One of the rulers snapped and a piece went into her eye, the other one's eye, and caused permanent damage. It was really bad. So the plaintiff claimed against the local authority and the teacher, um, but this claim was dismissed because the consequences weren't reasonably foreseeable. Um, and like I said, she did, sorry, she was able to claim 50% of the damages against her friend because um, it was a factor called contributing negligence, which basically means the claimant acted in a way that contributed to their injury. Um, so in this case, she voluntarily contributed to her permanent eye damage by getting into a sword fight with plastic rulers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next one is... The defendant's non-negligent explanation does not completely explain the plaintiff's injury. This one's a bit self-explanatory. So if the defendant is... I, Is it still called a testimony? I don't know. If the plaintiff... No, sorry. The defendant is... Um, this is going to be a law series. That's going to be fun. Or whatever subject I'm falling behind at. <laughs> I'm not falling behind, but I just have a lot of work to do for this one and, like, no motivation to do it. Um, but, yeah, so if the defendant's reasoning for why they aren't negligent doesn't fully line up with the plaintiff's injuries and story, then... they're going to be charged with negligence (laughs) because say the claimant had like a brain damage oh it's a very it's a very like big issue I'm trying to think of something that's not that big (laughs) Um, yeah, okay, say they had, like, a concussion, they got a concussion, and it caused, like, a little bit of brain damage, and they also broke their leg, okay, and it was due to an employer not properly taking precautions to make the floor less slippery, okay, um, so if the defendant was, like, 
if the employer was like, yeah, we did try to do stuff um, to make the floors less slippery, they just, they just managed to slip anyways and broke their leg, then they would still be negligent because that wouldn't have, that story doesn't explain how the plaintiff also had brain damage. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my head. I think that was a bad example, but it's fine. It's okay. (laughs) Um, I don't think I explained the one in the last one, which is the injury is caused by an agency or instrumentality within the exclusive control of the defendant. Which is basically if the defendant has complete control over something and that something is the cause for someone's injury then the defendant is liable i was gonna say guilty it's not guilty because it's it's these are civil wrongs tort is french i believe for a civil wrong um so yeah that's, that's fun this is me explaining law. I'm just gonna I'm gonna name this explaining law. <laughs> explaining law part one. Um, even though I didn't really explain it so far. Oh well. I hate the fact that I have to research cases in this instead of like it being on the slide because this isn't this isn't stuff that we have to look up because if it's stuff that we have to look up then he would have he would have just given us the things to look up to make notes on instead of making notes so i don't understand why he gave us cases and then was like yeah i'm just not going to tell you what happens in them so you have to go look them up yourself this this makes me sound like really lazy but genuinely if you could if you could put all the information for the rest of it a couple of bullet points for a case fact, like for case facts, and then a held decision. Isn't that hard? I. Just, just why. I'm not even on that slide yet, but I just know I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad about it. Um. Okay. Oh gosh. Um. Okay. So, res ipsa loquitur often arises in the scalpel left behind variety of case. I don't know what that means. For example, a person goes to a doctor with an abdominal oops, with abdominal pains after having his appendix removed. X-rays show the patient has a metal object the size and shape of a scalpel in his abdomen. It requires no further explanation to show the surgeon who removed the appendix was negligent. I feel like I didn't say any of those correctly, (laughs) as there is no legitimate reason for a doctor to leave a scalpel in a body at the end of an appendectomy. Is that what it's called? I've heard it being called something else. No, I'm thinking of appendicitis. I didn't know it was called an appendectomy. I've never had to have one, so, um, but, 
yeah okay so i don't really need to okay i don't need to i'm just gonna write scalpel left behind case oh i said i was gonna end it um i feel like oh i don't know do i do the case facts after i don't know not too sure okay because there's just a random titled um i mean it's not random obviously but it's just this one slide after the one that i just read out where it just says scott v london and st catherine docks cove which means i have to research and then found what is held and i know that's like basically my job if I decide to go into law but like you know you know I just yeah I feel so bad that this is literally what is this what did I just it was like a piece of plastic sorry as I was saying, I feel so bad for people listening to this episode. Because this one's going to be, like, really long. It's literally going to be a study session with me. Which takes quite a long time. Um, I was going to say I'm almost done. I got really excited, but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I'm on slide 31. And so I have six slides to go. Um, anyways, okay, so Scott v. London and St. Catherine Docks Co. was a case in 1865 where the claimant was a dock worker and was injured by heavy bags of sugar falling and hitting him from the defendant's crane. So, the claimant tried to sue for negligence, but it was difficult for them to prove that the defendant breached their duty of care. Um... However, the High Court held that this event would not have occurred had the defendant not been negligent. Um, And the defendant was unable to prove enough to the court that they weren't being negligent. And so they were found liable. And that's that case. Contributory negligence. If the victim is partly at fault for the negligence, the courts will reduce the amount of damages they can receive. Like in Mullins v... I don't remember. Mullins v Richards, I believe. I don't remember what date that was. I need to start remember the, rem, remembering these cases. I saw Yeah, okay. It is Mullins v Richards. It was in 1998. Um, for example, if the victim was distracting, it says distracting on there, but I'm assuming it says distracting, was distracting the driver of a car and it crashed, they, they could not claim as much money as they were partly responsible for the crash. And I already have that written down, so, yeah. Froome v. Butcher. Is this an example of... Contributory negligence. It is, but I have to write it down anyways. Um, I'm not gonna 
write the definition of it because I already have it down somewhere else. Um, but I'm going to read the slide. So, Froome v. Butcher, 1975, um, is a case where the motorist injured a road... Oh, I can't read. A motorist was injured in a road accident, which was the fault of the other driver. Um, the plaintiff was not wearing a seatbelt, which at the time was again widely recommended, but not legally required. Um, so, the partic- I said participant... Oh, I'm so conditioned by psychology that whenever I see the letter P, I don't think of plaintiff. I think of participant. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so the plaintiff's damages were reduced by 25%. Um, although a claimant can bear a high proportion of the fault, there cannot be a finding of 100% contributory as such will extinguish a claim. So basically what that's saying is um, although a claimant can contribute highly to the negligence that has caused their injury or loss, they can't claim that it was, what? They can't, the courts can't find it to be 100% contributory negligence, because then there would be no case. They they were equally as at fault as each other, and so there should be no claim. Um, so that's that's that. I'm gonna go write this down now. Okay, so yeah, I don't know if I do. Should I do one side or should I do two sides? I have three sides. No, I have four sides left to make notes on, and then I do flipped. And then I do my brother's essay thing. Oh my gosh, I might actually be able to finish this before 2 in the morning. And that gives me a good 5 hours, maybe? I have coffee. I'll just bring coffee. I can't even use my card to get like a McFlurry tomorrow. Because I lost it. And they've frozen my account. And so I can't. I can't use the money in my account until I get my card. That's so annoying. <laughs> okay. Um so we're moving in we're moving in. We're moving on to the topic of children within the umbrella topic of contributory negligence. So, it is difficult but not impossible to establish contributory negligence against a child um for example mullins v richards again i don't remember i want to say 1998 is that correct or am i just like not learning it is 1998 woohoo go me okay i'm literally just trying to drill these into my head so that hopefully they stick I say that now, but nothing else that I've learned has stuck in my head since the beginning of this course for any of my subjects. And it's quite bad. And it's quite concerning, honestly. Anyways, so Goff v. Thorne, 1966, was a case where a 13-year-old 
across the road in front of a stationary lorry at the driver's signal without looking for herself. She was hit by an overtaking car. Oh no. One third contributory negligent, but the Court of Appeal disallowed this deduction. Um, Denning, uh, Lord Justice Denning, I believe, no, yes, maybe, um, said, you should only find a child contributory negligent if she was old enough that she should reasonably be expected to take precautions for her own safety. At 13, a child does not have the same road sense as an adult, which I agree with. I mean, I guess, like, the parents could have been like, look anyways, you know. But how was she supposed to know that a car was going to overtake? Especially if it's, like, a big lorry, you know? Like, she's not a mutant, you know, X-Men reference. Like, she can't see through things. She can't predict the future. She's not Raven Simone. Man, I love that so Raven. That was a good Disney Channel show. Okay. Um, the next term we're gonna learn is Volenti non fit injuria. I have no idea what this means. Like I don't know if this is Latin or just Italian. I'm assuming it's Latin. The weird thing that I learned about Latin is that word order isn't that important. And I actually learned this in, like, when I was learning it in school. And my Latin teacher was like, yeah, the sentences that you'll find are insane because the words are just everywhere. Because basically, so they'd start writing... And if they couldn't fit a word in somewhere, they'd just find an empty space and put it in there. So sometimes the sentences just wouldn't make sense. But if they got a rough feel, like they being the translators, if they got a rough feel of what they were trying to say, then they could probably, like, decipher it, decode it, translate it, yeah. I feel like I have, like, a rasp in my voice. I don't know. Um, but yeah. <laughs> non means no. <laughs> um, what does volenti non fit injuria translate to? I am so tired. I don't think you understand. Um, it's injuria, as in with an I instead of a J. Anyways, so it's Latin, which means, um, to a willing person, injury is not done. So, it is a doctrine which states that if someone willingly places themselves in a position where harm might result... Knowing that some degree of harm might result, they are not able to bring a claim against the other party. And then in more complicated terms on the slide is 
Um, one who has invited or assented to an act being done towards him cannot, when he suffers from it, complain of it as wrong. It's not that more complicated. I just understand the one that I read first more. Um, but the second one that I read was um, Lord Justice Herschel um, in the case of Smith v. Va- v. Baker. 1891, um, and as per Reed, Lord Justice in ICI, ICI, <laughs> the Shatwell, 1965, um, they said, the defence Valenti non fit in Uria has had a checkered history. At one time it was very strictly applied, then the tide began to turn. I cannot speak English. And it's so much worse when I'm tired. Oh, gosh. I have, like, two slides left. So I'm going to hurry up and finish this so I can do my flip planning. Um, I say that I'm not going to... F- that I'm going to finish by two, but I'm just not going to. I just feel like I'm not going to. Um, yeah. So that's fun. I don't actually know what this slide is. Um, oh, um, are these the defences that I have to learn about? Okay, so one defence, I'm assuming these are defences, because it's literally just a slide that says one, two, three, so. Uh, Number one, a full defence to an action may be where... The defendant consents to the claimant's actions. This is where he knows of the risks but accepts it willingly. Huh? (laughs) What? I'm going to have to ask my law teacher to explain these to me tomorrow when I'm not, like, absolutely out of it. Um, Number two, um, in the case of Maurice, Maurice, (laughs) Maurice v. Murray, 1990, The claimant and the defendant had spent considerable time drinking together and then agreed to fly in, oh dear, in the defendant's aeroplane. When it crashed, the defendant was killed and the claimant was badly injured. He then sued the defendant's estate, but the claim failed. Ah, okay. Um, number three... Oh, this isn't like defenses, plural. It's de- it's a def- it's a defense that I've just read out. Um, number three, it says, remember there must be actual consent, not just knowledge of a risk. Like in Smith v. Baker, eighteen ninety one, where the plaintiff was told to work under a crane, lifting heavy stones. Um. When he was injured, because volunteer did not apply. Yeah, okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> Wait, is volunteer... Is volunteer defence then? Right? No? Yeah, volunteer is the defence. Okay. 
Valenti is a defense. I'm going to write this somewhere so that I don't forget. Because I'm forgetful. Um, yeah. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure I said, um, um, a full defense to an action may be where the D, <laughs> where the defense or the defendant consents to the claimant's actions, which is incorrect. It's the other way around. Um, it would be where the, I mean, I'm assuming it's this, this is, this is what I wrote down. A full defense to an action may be where the claimant consents to the defendant's actions. This is where they know of the risks but accept it willingly. Because that makes more sense than the defendant doing it, you know? Um, okay. This is the last slide before I go to my flip learning. Um, no action can arise from an illegal act. Um, and this is the principle of ex tarpi causa non orator actio. I could say it in an accent, but I would butcher that accent and I'd I'd really rather not. Ex turpi causa non oritur actio. That's that's the best you're gonna get. <laughs> So, Pitts v. Hunt, 1991, was a case where the claimant and the defendant had been drinking together and then rode on the defendant's motorcycle, which was involved in collision. Um, additionally, the claimant had involved, had encouraged the defendant to drive dangerously. The Court of Appeal dismissed the claim on the ground of illegality. Accepting a lift knowing the driver to be drunk can amount to contributory negligence as in Stinton v Stinton 1993 or it can extinguish the claim altogether if the whole event were found to be illegal which it was so this claim is null and void <laughs> love it I mean not really it kind of sucks but don't do dumb stuff I guess <laughs> okay so satisfyingly I've managed to finish um, this, and it's half past midnight, it, half of that word did not even come out, um, yeah, so it's half past midnight, I've just finished, so the flip learning was to bring in the Occupy's Liability Act 1957 and 1984, um, I didn't have a printer, um, and we're supposed to have it annotated, yeah, that's how you say it, annotated with vocabulary that I do not understand, which is pretty much a lot of it. I mean, it probably won't be that hard to understand because it's quite recent legislation in comparison to, like, the Offences Against the Person Act 1861, where it was literally made ages ago, you know? I don't know how old that is. I'm not good with maths. Was that like almost 200 years ago? Ago? I can't speak. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Um, But for the... <laughs> I just wrote down like a quote from the Occupiers Liability Act 1957. 
um, about adult visitors being owed duty of care according to section 2.2 where it says take such care as in all circumstances is reasonable to see that the visitor will be reasonably safe in using the premises for the purpose of which he is invited to be there Um, I couldn't find anything in the textbook about um, the 1984 one but I will just speed read these like tomorrow I guess and then pick out a couple of words that I just don't understand. I don't know. I'll figure out tomorrow. Where's my chocolate? Did I finish my chocolate? No, my chocolate's all the way over there. And I can't be bothered to get up. I'm just going to plop these onto the floor. <laughs> and then I'm going to download my brother's essay and get started on that. Oh my gosh. I'm leaning on my sketchbook. I've said that already, but it's a big sketchbook. Ow. So, ow. I have my LED lights on at the moment. And I really shouldn't because my mum is expecting me to be asleep at the moment. And she can see that the LED lights are on from under my door. So it's not very fun when she comes in is like, Maddie, you're supposed to be asleep. Like, I know, but I'm not. I'm sorry. I am tired, though. Um... But it's okay. Um. Oh, right, okay. So I have applied to. Oh, actually, I might end this here and then start a new one just for it. Just for this. Because I'm not really studying now. So, you know. Yeah. So I guess this one's going to be an outro. Um. I hope this helped. I don't know. But I'm probably just going to start structuring these. Um, Like this one. Like I've started to do it towards the end. Because it makes more sense. And you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's that. I will see you in my next one. However long it will take me to post that one. (laughs) Yeah, bye.